Welcome to the She's Up Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Coach Kimberly International, featuring conversations and actionable insights that equip women in STEM to lead in today's VUCA world. Welcome to the She's Up Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Jackson. In this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Audrey Dubrell from AT&T. As an AT&T veteran, Audrey Dubrell has many jobs. Developer, systems and application architect, software development manager, delivery lead, and technology director. She's currently responsible for release management for AT&T's online presence. Audrey's main job is to facilitate and manage the introduction of new features and functionality that delights their customers. She balances that with preventing software developments from introducing anything into production that can negatively impact a customer's experience. Audrey leads a team responsible for platform tools that provide full-stack application monitoring with a view of critical customer experience data. She spends most of her time doing what she loves most, connecting business owners and technologists to create and deliver innovative solutions for customers and consumers. Audrey is a proud graduate of a historically Black college or university, Southern University, with a degree in electrical engineering. Audrey started her career at 3M in Austin, Texas, while completing her master's at the University of Texas. Outside of the office, she is passionate about her support of homeless communities in Dallas and Atlanta and is in the early stages of launching a nonprofit for transitional living solutions. Audrey is a youth leader in her local church and enjoys being outdoors, where God's beautiful creation makes her the happiest. Audrey, welcome and thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be with you today. So we're going to invite our listeners to take a seat and enjoy our virtual fireside chat as you share a little bit about your leadership journey, you know, your wins or lessons learned. I know you have some stories prepared for us today. So the floor is yours. Okay. All right. Thank you, Kimberly. Well, um, in preparing for our conversation, I just thought about two stories. One's, uh, one is a big win. It's like my, um, my career story, I call it. So it was, um, back when I was working with the real uh, yellow pages and for some listeners, depending on how old they are, they may not even remember the actual book or they may have sat on the book to be high at the table to eat dinner. Um, but my team and I, we worked on the printed yellow pages and we had a tool that we used internally for our team to look up data, to do searches, geographic searches, searches around lines of business. And one day a marketing person came in, asked us a question. We used our tool to answer his question. And he said, hey, why can't we use this for consumers? And so out of that conversation came the real Yellow Pages Online. And so um, I have several patents out of that work. Um, my team has 10 to 12 patents out of that work. So it was just really a good, uh, a big accomplishment for me and a huge win for my career. That is amazing. And talk about having that person in marketing be curious 
to like, how did you go about giving me the answer to that question? And talk about true collaboration and innovation, right? So, oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Kudos to you and your team. And I hope those patents um, pay off well into the future. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, they have. Um, our, our company, they share, they share a little bit of the uh, earnings. So good. it's all good. good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, how about an opportunity where you had a growth moment, a stretch moment? Okay. Yeah. I did think about that. And it's something that actually happened recently, I'd say in the last couple of years. So um, due to different circumstances at work, I was asked by leadership to um, transition from one tool to a new tool. And the, the first tool the team had used for seven years. So they were very familiar with the tool. They had tweaked it and um, actually had it working the way they really needed it to work. But then again, based on circumstances, we needed to move or transition to a new tool. So I was asked to lead that transition. Part of the transition was to avoid uh, paying huge sums of money and penalty for continuing to use the particular software, right? So I had a few months to make that pivot. We were successful, right? Uh, My team didn't know anything about the software. I didn't have any experts on my team, no experts in-house. So we basically learned about the tool and we implemented it within three months. And we actually avoided the huge hit, the huge financial hit to our organization. So to me, very successful uh, win, right? It's like, this is great. Save the team money, new tool. We're going to introduce it to our stakeholders. But um, after we implemented the tool, I had a one-on-one with my current boss. And he shared with me that um, the way we actually implemented, he acknowledged, thank you so much for saving us. It actually was $15 million, right? You did it. You made the accomplishment. You saved us the $15 million. However, um, the way you did it wasn't the best. In fact, it, it has been a hit to your brand, right? You have damaged your brand with the way you actually implemented it. So I had to first absorb that feedback, right? I had to it, it stung, right? I had to sit back and say, okay. Um, but then I had to, after I absorbed it, I had to process it and then ask myself, what do I do with this? What, what can I do with this? So I, I said, let me learn from it. Let me take from it what I can. Um, in fact, I asked him, I said, okay, uh, what could I have done better? And he explained it was around the communication Um, That while I was making the pivot, I needed to keep my stakeholders more informed, like every day they need to know what's going on and what's happening. So um, I took that feedback. I took all of his feedback and used it to move forward. Right. Used his his feedback to um, to grow from it and learn and use it further in my career. That is a fascinating story. Can I pull out a little of what I heard? Sure. Mm -hmm. So I heard a good bit about business agility, you know, and how agile business needs to be, and especially today. Mm -hmm. Most people will recognize the brand AT&T, right? Very large company. So people think of that as like a big machine. But being able to do projects like this shows AT&T being nimble and agile and able to do that. Now, 
Granted, some of the motivation behind this particular one was to save, you know, 15 million. That's a big hit, right? Even to a company that size. And that's not always the case, but being able to show being nimble and agile and pivoting like that um, is great and that you had the experience and in, in to do that. What I really like in that, Audrey, is your manager took the verbal risk to give you the feedback. I love that, you know, they did set up with the thank you and appreciation and the acknowledgement, right? Which was well-deserved, you know, so kudos Mm -hmm. again. But then to be able to, because I feel like a really, a good leader or a great leader is always developing self and others. So you had a, a boss who was, Besides like, yay, great. You know, we met the objective, save the money, move on to the next. He took a moment and paused to give you feedback for growth, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's a wonderful thing because we don't always get that. So you could have deployed in a similar fashion what your calm strategy was in another project and potentially had another ding on your brand, right? But He's letting you know, hey, this is what's happened. Not overcomable. Here's some feedback. Here's some things, you know, I'd like you to do differently. So I think that's wonderful. But also hearing how you let the emotion sit like it's done, like you, you took it in. And rather than being, you know, defensive and who do they think they are? And, you know, I'm a rock star. I just delivered, you know, you took that in and processed it, decided what do you want to own in that? How do you want to show up differently? And moved forward. And I loved hearing that because it could have been so easy to have someone take that really negatively, be defensive. It could shut people down, cap their confidence level. Um, But you took that in stride. And I think that's a great example for our listeners. Did something with it, made a change. So it didn't hold you back. You know, it leveraged you to step up to the next thing. That's right. Yeah. So I loved hearing that. So how can, as you grow and evolve as a leader at work, how does this show up and affect you personally? Uh, that's, that's a good question. Cause recently, um, so I, I actually, I lived in Dallas working for AT&T. So I lived in, in Atlanta for 30 years, moved to Dallas for three years. I had the opportunity to move back to Atlanta. So I come back to Atlanta. I come back to my local church and post COVID there's just a, um, huge opportunity for youth ministry, right? So I come back to church and I'm like, oh, yes, my passion. I love teenagers. I love 13 to 18 year olds. I'll I'll raise my hand. I'll volunteer and I will um, lead the 13 to 18 year old class. So I do that. And then um, the minister, the pastor and the leader said, what we really need is an executive director of children and youth ministry. So not just a teacher for 13 to 18, but we actually need an executive leader. And so I had to step back and think about, you know, hey, this this is something I can do. I mean, I'm a veteran leader, passionate about youth. 
Sure. So that job actually entailed not only youth, but children, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, youth missions, um, just really a wide range of anything associated with young people at church. So I took on um, the challenge. I made a commitment to do that. And uh, it's proving to be a lot of work, but it's also in my passion. And that is um, something I would always say to a mentee or, or just anyone when you're thinking about growth or even starting your career, find that thing that you're passionate about or that you love um, and, and do that. So this executive youth leader role that I'm now playing um, is something that I love to do. And it definitely is a leadership opportunity. I'm definitely going to learn a lot and grow. Well, that's wonderful. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I'm I'm curious, have you ever been introduced to the Japanese model Ikigai? I-K-I-G-A-I? I have not. I might, I will put something in the show notes too, but it's a model that helps people look at what am I good at? What could I be paid well for? What am I passionate about? And what does the world need from me? Mm-hmm. And it helps people see that what you do potentially for like your day job, it may not be the thing you're most passionate about Mm -hmm. and that you can build out a work-life blend that has meaningful work. So even if you find some things through a volunteer opportunity, Mm -hmm. um, always connecting to what you're passionate about and your core values. Now, I think it's a wonderful thing when young people starting out in their career can look at what their company's overall goals and objectives are and what drives them and what are they bringing to the world. And can you line up with that? Like, can you buy into that passion? That's huge, right? Because we Mm -hmm. want employees engaged and doing meaningful work. But it doesn't always come with our career. And, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes it comes over time. So this is a wonderful example of yeah. over time and having other things present themselves. Yeah. And finding meaning. Mm-hmm. I, I will add, I'm in technology, right? So I'm a technologist. I'm an engineer. Um, I've been working in technology for 30 years, but I love developing young people and I love developing people, right? So I Outside of my day job, I serve as mentor for folks in AT&T. But even in my job as a technology leader, mm-hmm. I focus on building the people. Because at the end of the day, it's the people that do the work, that build the solutions. And that fits my passion. So um, I really pour into my people. So I still get that opportunity to do what I love, even in my technical job. That's a beautiful thing when we we have that insight about us and we can see how we can bring alignment. And so we have happiness and joy and we have meaningful work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thrilled for you. Um, so I have um, one question because I know a lot of our listeners sometimes are looking at, should I have a coach? Should I have a mentor? They're seeking advice. And, and you just mentioned how um, you yourself are a mentor, but what advice would you share? Um, and especially anything around allyship with male colleagues mm-hmm. and what your experience with that may may have been. 
Um, I will tell you two, three of my biggest cheerleaders have been males. Um, when I think about my career and my promotion, so my very first promotion from individual contributor to manager, my director boss was a male and actually his boss, my VP, they were both males. And, you know, they met with me and they said, you need to be a manager because you're leading this team. So you're already doing the work. What can we do to help? So they actually helped me get into a program outside of the company, a leadership program. And after going through that program, the opportunity came where I could be promoted to manager. But but those two guys, they were my biggest cheerleaders. And then the same happened with my next step to director, which at AT&T, that's like the first level of executive leadership. I will tell you, I worked very closely with my boss. So he was a cheerleader, but we worked together on a plan. I, I clearly articulated to him, here's where I want to go. Here's what I want to do. Here's what the job I want to do looks like. Um, and so he, in the places where he was in his theater, right? He saw the opportunity that fit my plan. And so he brought that opportunity to me and, and it worked out where I was promoted and, and I was promoted and did not work for him anymore. So that was even oh. bigger, right? He promoted yeah. me away from his team, but he, um, he really facilitated that opportunity. So men can definitely be allies. Um, I will say just definitely make known what you want to do and work out a plan and make sure they understand your plan. And people are willing to help you. Never think that, oh, they would never um, help me. I will say this. I made a note. Um, often we go to mentors or we look for a sponsor to, to um, say, hey, can you help me? When we do that, we should always have a plan, number one. We should already be working on something so they are just adding to what we're already doing. Um, that would be my recommendation for anyone looking for a mentor, looking for a sponsor. You are already working on your career. You already have an active plan and you're looking for someone just to help you with it or assist you with that plan. That's excellent advice. It's similar to when even something as simple as people who are building out their, their brand, right, on LinkedIn. They might not be looking to exit the company they're at, but they might want to move around where they are. Mm -hmm. And they might go and be looking for recommendations, right? Just to ask for one, leave someone with this blank space. Being able to connect with someone and say, you know, I've been doing work in this area. And have you seen That's my right. contributions? Can you speak to this specifically? Because to be able to go to colleagues and get their endorsement, but on something very specific. So it sounds like very similar lines, like bring something to the table, because I like what you said, that they will add to it. Mm -hmm. They are not, you know, who is replacing it. Granny. Or creating it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No worries. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> You you could say hi to to, to Granny. Oh. <laughs> Kimberly yep. says hi, Granny. Yeah. <laughs> She's recording our session, so mm -hmm. um, the audience will know. Like, hey, this is a real deal. No. <laughs> um, so, but again, they're only adding to it. They're not designing it. We're the designers right. of our career, right? And and mm -hmm. our life. So, 
I love that. Agreed. Well, in closing, I usually like to ask, what are you currently reading? Oh, okay. I am currently reading um, 12 Extraordinary Women, How God Shaped Women of the Bible and What He Wants to Do with You. So that's what I'm currently reading. I just started that. I'm excited to to dig into that one. Um, But I just finished reading a book um, titled The Other Black Girl. And it was, enlightening may not be the right word. It's my story, right? How often we, you can't bring your authentic self to work, right? You have to, um, you know, working in corporate America based on where you want to go in your career or what your job is. Sometimes you have to, um, you just can't be as authentic as you would like to be. So very good book. Um, it's actually a fiction. It's a, um, a fiction book. So, so the way the author makes it like fun and mysterious until the very end of the book, you don't realize what's going on. So I would recommend that one. Well, Audrey, that really intrigues me. Um, it even sounds like a whole other potential podcast. Um, to chat about because as most people know especially in the last few years there's been a lot of heightened awareness around diversity and inclusion right but when you just mentioned authentic self I think it's so important that people can be their authentic self but how do they navigate that presence and that brand And how does an organization create the psychological safety in the workplace where people can take verbal risks? You know, you bring diversity of thought. Well, that comes from diversity and cultural backgrounds as well. Um, I actually, in an upcoming show, I'll be interviewing um, Dr. Catherine Stanley, um, who I work with through the fearless organization with Dr. Amy Edmondson, Mm -hmm. who does the body of work around psychological safety. So I would, I would be really interested in unpacking that some more and having a deeper conversation because I think it would be really valuable. Okay. um, That that would be cool. Besides having meaningful work, can you Mm -hmm. be you while you're doing that, that work? So I'm a, um, for anyone who knows me, I'm a huge Dr. Seuss fan. And I love the expression around celebrating you because only you can be you and truer than you, right? Like right. no one else <laughs> is truer than you. So I appreciate that. I will look forward to another conversation. But for today, I really want to thank you for sharing your leadership journey and generously giving of your time to be able to pour into women in STEM fields. Um, And so thank you very much. Thank you for this opportunity. I appreciate it. That's it for this episode of the She's Up Leadership Podcast. As always, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. You can subscribe to She's Up on Apple, Google, Spotify, Audible, Alexa, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host and executive producer, Dr. Kimberly Jackson, founder and principal of Coach Kimberly International. Special thanks to our marketing manager, Sandy Lomas, and to audio engineer, Joseph Keenan, with Short Stack Studios in New York. We invite you to join us in our commitment to advancing women in leadership 
in STEM fields. To learn more about the She's Up movement, visit us at coachkimberly.com.